Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. I know I only have a few minutes, but I really need to get something. I got to get something off my chest. I want to thank you. Thank you for your example. Thank you for loving Jesus. Thank you for being who you are in God. These last several weeks have been a blessing to me and my family. Not just my biological family, but my church family. You all have been instrumental in healing me. The last several years, it's been hard. But while we were worshiping with you all, I saw husband and wives coming to church together. I saw men kneeling at the altar with their wives and their children. I saw families loving on God. And this is what I fought for as a Marine in this country. This is what I stood for. This is the America that I said I would die for. And I'm so proud. I'm so proud to be a part of what God is doing. I feel his presence in this place. And don't you dare stop. I don't care what the world is doing. I don't care what route they're taking. You stand for the Lord. You be that beacon of light. You love God because you never know who's watching. And thank you so much, One Hope. Thank you so much, the kingdom of God, for doing and being who you are in God. Can we celebrate Jesus right there? Okay. My parents are gone. Pastor Scott is in Huntsville. <laughs> and uh, he's given me an opportunity to drive the car. And so you help me not mess this up. For the last several weeks, he's been talking about prayer. The depths, from the depths talking about wisdom, talking about hearing from God, sifting through life issues. And my assignment this morning is to talk about the blessing. The blessing. And I want to start off and I want to qualify what I'm going to say. That as far as we can go back in time, And as far as we can travel forward in time, there's never been a time that God was not there. Can I say that one more time? As far back as you want to go in history, God was there. And if we had the ability to go forward in time, God would be there. There's nothing that we have gone through as a people, as a country, as a nation 
that God has not been there with us. This is why we call him omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. And that's a good place to give God praise that no matter where you are in life, you cannot outrun God. No matter how bad you tried to hide in our sin, before we knew the Lord Jesus as we know him today, God's been there watching over you, watching over your family, watching over your children, watching over generations to come and go. God has always been God. And so not only has he been there, but there's no time in time that God did not want the best for us. I don't know where that came in at. I don't know where the world thought that God was angry at us. God wants the best for you. You're his children. We're his family. It doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. It doesn't matter where you are in life. God loves you. Come on, right there. That's a good place to give him praise. He loves you. God is not a selfish God. And the reason why I know he's not a selfish God, because, because we are part of the kingdom of God, because of the blessing, we have access to the things of the kingdom. Healing, we have access to. Deliverance, we have access to. Provision, we have access to. And you ready for this? Salvation, we have access to. It's all part of the blessing. And so I want to get into this lesson by letting you know that being a child of God, it's more to it than just carrying a Bible, wearing a nice suit, wearing a nice dress, having all the materialistic things that certain people in certain areas of the world are thinking that that's what being a Christian is all about. No. Having the blessing, being saved has benefits. Can we say benefits? It has benefits. In other words, it's not isolated to money. It's not isolated to a nice car. It's not isolated to living on a certain side of town. These benefits are spread far more throughout your life than you can realize. And I want to take time today in the next few minutes to walk this blessing out so you will know Actually, what Jesus done for you on Calvary is more to it than us just coming to church, putting a check in the box, saying that we've been to church. But the blessing not only is on you, but the blessing will be on your children. The blessing will be on your children's children. Your blessing will be on the generations far after you have fallen into the long sleep. Jesus died for you, died for your family, rose on the third day so that the enemy in his grasp cannot grip your family and destroy the seed that God is giving you the ability to put in this world. Amen. So watch this. God does not know how to stop loving us. Isn't that good? Yeah, that, 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 that'll, make, that'll make a good Methodist church shout. God does not know how to stop loving you. As much as we've done wrong, 
as much as we did not get right in our life, he kept on loving us in spite of us. Now, I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about me. I've done some wrong. I didn't get it right. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. <laughs> I didn't vacuum right. I didn't wash the dishes right or something. But in spite of me, he does not know how to stop loving us. And so it's all part of the blessing. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. King James Version is up on the screen. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let, watch this, and let them, everybody say them, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he male and female. Created he them. Here's the part, 28th verse. And God blessed them. God blessed them. I'm going to say it one more time. God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the, fowl, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that move upon the earth. Here's God creating mankind, male and female. Now, don't, don't, don't shout me down too fast, but he says to them, have dominion. Men, I'm getting ready to help us out. Don't clap too fast because I don't want your wife to I don't want your wife to get upset. But women, our wives, our help me, are bosses just like us. I'm gonna preach on this side. They're not clapping on this side. Together. Male and female, husband and wife, we are supposed to take over, have dominion, live out the blessing. And I'm going to be honest with you, they're way more smarter than we are. We married up. Yes, we did. This is the reason why they don't go along with everything we say because they understand the power of God and their covenant with you in the kingdom. This is when we come together. We rule like God. We take over like God. It's the blessing. There, Adam and Eve was supposed to subdue the garden, replenish it, manage it, run it, have dominion over it, and it wasn't until Adam failed that he lost the dominion. And it wasn't until Jesus came, the second Adam, to restore what the first Adam had lost. Watch this. After Adam fell, God removed Adam and Eve out of the garden, put angels at the doorway and told them, don't come back in there. And if he was supposed to cultivate it and replenish it, guess what happens to the garden if he's not there? 
it becomes desolate. It becomes a wilderness. That's the first Adam. Guess what the second Adam does? Jesus Christ, before he moves on to his ministry, where's the first place the Holy Spirit leads him to? The wilderness. And guess who he's being tempted by? The devil. He picks up. The second Adam picks up what the first Adam left off at so that the second Adam can fix what the first Adam messed up. This is how God was restoring the blessing because he created us to live like him. Allow me a little latitude here. God is sitting there in heaven and says, you know, I'm living pretty good up here. I got streets paved in gold. I got, I got gates made of pearls. But what I don't have is something that reminds me of myself. Something that I can look at and I can see my glory and see my honor. So let me create man. Let me create something that will remind me of my goodness, remind me of my authority. And he creates mankind, us. This is why we're creating. This is why we're the business owners. This is why we're responsible for feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, and giving sight to the blind. This is our responsibility. This is God saying, hey, I want to look at my creation and realize how good I am as God. And so male and female. Adam lost his position. He had authority over the earth. He lost his dominion, and Jesus restores it by picking up where he left off at. And so now, here it is, mankind has dominion, has the blessings of God. And that word blessing is holistic. It doesn't just mean stuff. And the world wants you to think that if we don't have stuff, we're not blessed. That's not true. The word blessing is holistic. It means that if you're saved, if you're a child of God, then you are blessed of God. In other words, everything that belongs to God belongs to you. Healing is yours. Deliverance is yours. Salvation is yours. And then he says to Adam, he says, and Abraham, he says, hey, I'm not only going to bless you, but I'm going to bless your generations after you. Your children are blessed because you're sitting here in the church, loving on the Lord. And our job is to give God honor. Watch this, Psalms 8, chapter, verse 5. Can we put that up on the screen? Look what it says. For thou hast made him a little lower than angels and have crowned him with glory and honor. Who is the scriptures talking about? Man. Mankind, we're crowned with glory and honor. Guess why? Because God wants to look at us and see his glory and his honor when we come together worshiping him, when we lift our hands together, when we praise God together, all nations giving him glory and honor, when you're raising your kids in the admiration of God, giving him glory and honor, when you're bringing your children and your family to church, when you're loving on one another, when you're changing the world in spite of the world, you're giving God glory and honor. It's on us to do that. And it's the reason why the blessing works far beyond what God has designed us to do. God has always wanted to restore conditions of the garden in our lives since the fall. 
He's always intended for us to live like him. His whole purpose is for us as the family of God to give him glory and honor. Jesus came to restore mankind to the place where toiling and sorrow is not part of the blessing. Adam sinned and God said, because of it, you're going to toil. You're going to struggle. You're going to strain. You're going to have strife. Jesus came to take the toil and the strife away. We don't have to worry about our provision. We don't have to worry about healing. I don't care what the doctors said. Doctors only practice medicine. I'm going to go to this side. <laughs> doctors only practice medicine. We know the healer. He doesn't have to practice. He can take saliva and mud and open blind eyes. He doesn't have to practice. He can take a dead man who's been dead for four days, call him by name, and biological things in that man's body has to go in reverse and the grave releases him. I don't care what the machine says about your blood pressure. I don't care what the doctor is seeing in the microscope. I know a man who has life in his blood. And when you look at his blood through a microscope, I see life swimming around. And that blood has been pleaded all over the life of you, all over the life of your children. I don't care what your dead situation is, Lazarus, you can be dead for eight days. When God calls your name, whatever grip that has you in the grave will have to release you and let you go. I don't care how you were brought up. I don't care what your parents didn't do for you. I don't care what side of town you were raised on. When God calls your name, Everything about you has to go in reverse and you're now part of it. I'm about to shout and get my feet happy here in a minute. And, and, and everything about you is now brand new. You are part of God's family. It's a good place to say amen right there. Jesus came to restore mankind back to the place where there's no toil. We don't have to toil. It's on God. He is our provider. He wanted mankind, male and female, to have dominion, to have power over poverty, to have power over, watch this, laziness. We're creators. We have no excuse. Man, that's a good part to preach right there. We have no excuse while we're not taking over when everything that we see comes from our Father. And who do you think he's going to download it to? I'm his son. If you don't believe me, ask your children. We're parents. Do your children have to worry about where they're going to eat? No, because they know you're going to provide. Well, if we're that way with our children and we haven't gotten it all together, how great is our Father in heaven because of the blessing that he will provide for us? And so when we worry, when we worry, 
It's almost like an insult to God. How do you not think that he would not provide for you? Heal your body. Keep your family together when he's God. God wants these things for us. It's the very reason why he created us, to live out the blessing. So let's get into it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It's on the screen. And God said, let us make man in our image. I want to work with that word image. It says, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the things of the earth. That word image is translated Greek imago dei. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I, imago dei. The word imago is where we get the word impact or impression. It's like if I was to take my fist and punch it in the wall, it would leave an impression of my fist. It would leave an impression because of the impact. Dei, D-E-I, is where we get the word deity. So if man was made in God's own image, the imago Dei, then we are the very impression or the very fingerprint of God. That be because of us, we should be making an impact. We should be making a difference in this world. If things are going to change in Alabama, in Georgia, in Ukraine, there's got to be some people who Lord is Jesus, who Father is God, that will realize that they've been sent here from heaven to be world changers. With the very impression. And so if we're made in his own image, and then he says right here, uh, verse 28, and God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish in the air and everything else. He, this word blessed means, watch this, this word blessed is where we get the word eulogy from. It's a benediction. It's not stuff. It's a benediction. It's, it's the word benediction it comes from two words, benefits and diction. Benefits means many or great things. Diction is where we get words from. When we're saying that we're blessed, we're saying that God has put us in a place where we can have good words spoken over our life. That's why you shouldn't leave church before the benediction is given. Another word is eulogy derives from that word bless. You, you means good. EU means good. Logi is where we get the word logos. It means words. So when you eulogize someone, not necessarily meaning that you should do it when they die. If it means good words, then you should be living your eulogy. You should be living your life out. You should be speaking good words over people every day. And when you're saying you're blessed, 
We're saying that, hey, we're speaking good words while you're able to hear it, while you're able to experience, while you're able to understand what is being said about you, what is being said to you about you and your family. So when God says that you're blessed, he's saying that, listen, in spite of what you're going through, in spite of your life, I'm putting you in position where you can hear good words about you, about our love for you, about my love for you. And guess where you hear those good words at? Church. Because the pastor stands up and preaches God's good word. You're blessed. Let's go a little deeper. God wants you blessed. God wants you to receive the blessing. He wants you to live out the blessing. We are supposed to be the ones impacting the world. Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 through 4. It's up on the screen. And I will bless, do good for benefit, and those who bless you, and I will curse. That is, subject to my wrath, the judgment, the one who curses, despises, dishonors, and has contempt for you. And here it is, and in you all the families, nations of the earth will be blessed. Here's God blessing Abraham. And I want to point out right here that this blessing he's saying when he says all nations will be blessed, all families will be blessed. He is saying to Abraham that this blessing over your life is not just global, it's generational. He says it right there. He says, all in you, all the families, nations of the earth will be blessed. It's not just global. It's generational. And when I look at this congregation and the variety of ages that are sitting here, I'm so thankful that somebody prayed for me. Because of you, I exist. I'll be 53 this year. Your prayers impact my life. Your Christian walk has made a difference in not just my family, but families far beyond the four walls of this church. This blessing, this benediction, is far beyond what the world wants us to see, stuff. And we have a responsibility of making sure that we perpetuate the blessing instead of speaking negative to people. We should be declaring a blessing in spite of how they treat you or say about you. The blessing it's far more than you worrying about food and clothes because God knows how to provide for you. Look what Philippians 4 and 6 says, New Living Translation. I'm almost done. It's up on the screen. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all My feet almost got happy right there. 
and thank him for all that he has done. When we complain, we make the blessing of non-effect as if God has not been good to us. Can I just say something, and I know we're on air, and, but I'm glad to live in America. I don't have to hide in subways. And I know we have our issues, but there's no place I'd rather be. We are blessed. And people say, God bless America. Listen to me. When has God not blessed America? I go to other places, I'm like Dorothy. <laughs> no place like home. And as a Marine, I've traveled all over this world. We're blessed to be in one nation. Come on, under God. We don't have to worry about the things. Worrying is irresponsible as a Christian. Worrying separates you from the power of God. When you're worrying, you're saying there's no faith in God. Faith and worry can't operate in the same realm. It's either fear or faith. And faith is a custom to working for the power of God. It's been with God all the time. And if you want faith to work in your life, you have to operate in the authority given to you. Here's my last couple of scriptures. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 2. It says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord, to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee on this day, that God will set thee on high. Second verse says, And all these blessings mm, shall come upon thee and overtake thee, and thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord. And verse 3, it's not on the screen, it says, Go and say unto you, you are blessed in the city, blessed in the field. It's the blessing. Matthew 5 and 4 says this. It talks about the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. It talks about how we should respond when people are doing different things to us. What is our response? And God says that you are blessed. That's that word, benediction. You are blessed when people are coming against you. When you're mourning, you shall be comforted. The benediction, the good words will restore you. The good words of the Lord will replenish you. The good words of God will sustain you. Paul makes a habit of addressing the different churches in Corinth and in Rome. And Ephesians and he declares a blessing a benediction side note when I was in Ghana doing a, a mission trip the second night I preached a little boy got up and walked who never walked before 
we laid hands on him. And people start showing up where we were living at, throwing clothing material and bringing fruit. It was almost pandemonium. So much that the soldiers in the refugee camp said that we could no longer lay hands because of the chaos it was causing. Do not lay your hands on anybody else. So the next night, I'm heading there to preach for the third night. I didn't lay hands, I just waved my hand. And bodies were being healed, blessing the people. I would love to see America get back to that. I would love the revival in the church to get back to that. That when we greet one another as brothers and sisters, we depart by declaring a blessing. When our children leave for school and they're out of your eyesight, you can declare a blessing. Paul says it in Romans 16, 25 through 27. Now unto him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery that has been kept secret for long ages has now been disclosed and through prophetic writings has been made known to all nations. Here's the benediction. According to the command of eternal God to bring about obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. The blessing. And as Christians now, we have a responsibility to declare a blessing. Your children are counting on you. My children are counting on me. If we're going to impact this world for generations to come, we have to begin to be like God and declare blessings over our families if change is going to happen. Do you believe that? Are you ready? Because your words, just like God's words in Genesis that created, your words are powerful. Your words will create. Your, world, your words will change things in the life of your family, in this city, in nations. Let's declare a blessing. Come on, stand with me. I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what you need God to do. But I need you to understand. Your life is not a mistake. Your situation can be changed. God wants all of us to live in the blessing. As the singers are coming, you can make an altar right there at your chair. If you're with your spouse, hold their hand. Come to the altar. If you're here by yourself and you want someone to touch and agree with you, I touch and agree with you today. You can come up with a fist bump. 
that you're getting ready to walk out the blessings of God. No weapon formed against you shall ever prosper. The enemy has no power to take God's blessing off of your life. It's time for the people of God to start living. If that's you, I want to connect with you. One hope wants to connect with you and the Lord needs you. Grab that person by the hand and make your way to the altar. Stand right there and hold your spouse's hand and begin to feel that you want to walk out the blessings of God. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.